Amen. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, band. Thank you, people, for giving so generously. That's amazing. Um, so we're in um, a series, Take Heart, all about our hearts. And um, today I want to talk about hearts of love or love hearts. I've got a whole tube of them here. Um, and uh, I don't know if you remember these things. Um, they're quality uh, little sweets. And um, I've got a whole batch of them here, as I say. And uh, they've got things on, written on them, right? If you don't know what love hearts are, I'm just open, opening up a pack here. It's completely random. Let's see what this one says. Wow, it's not easy to open. Here we go. It says, yes. <laughs> all right, that's pretty good, isn't it? What we've got next, what we've got. Well, it can range from all sorts of things. It can be, I love you, the romantic. It can be the casual, stay cool. Or it can be the kind of crazy, Mr. Monster Tickle, or something like that it used to be, I seem to remember. In the 1980s, these sweets come out. Here we go. I love you. Who'd have thought it, eh? And I do. I love you. All of you. God loves you as well. When I was a kid, you didn't need any dating websites. You just needed a pack of love hearts. And the way it would work is that you'd open a love heart, and uh, particularly if it said, I love you on it, you'd, you'd kind of show it to someone. You'd say, actually, I was looking at Sean then. That's not right, is it? <laughs> you'd say, I, I love you. And uh, the expression on their face would tell you whether they, they like, reciprocated that. And uh, what they might do, they might give you a love heart back. And it would either say, yes, or they might pass one back like hard luck or go jump, uh, as was normally the case in my case. But if they accepted the love heart, having read the writing, if they, and you sacrificially gave, you one of their, gave them one of your love hearts, and it meant you might be in. And if they ate that love heart and took it down inside of them and made it a part of themselves, well, it was just like you were going to get married someday. <laughs> On the odd occasion that I did get a love heart, it made me feel good. You know? Especially when it was a positive one. Why is that? Well, I believe that is the answer to one of the most fundamental questions of humankind, is that what is it that we as humans, we as human beings need most? Yeah, I know there's the, the kind of the physical stuff we need to eat and we need water and we need shelter, yes. But when it comes to emotional and spiritual well-being, what is it that we need most? And it's to be loved, isn't it? You know it. I know it. To be fully known and to be fully loved is what we are all desiring, craving, needing, and wanting in this life. Tim Keller puts it like this. He says, to be loved but not known is comforting but superficial. He says, to be known and not loved, that is our greatest fear. 
but to be fully known and truly loved, well, that is like being loved by God. What a great quote. And it's true, isn't it? You see, God's love is all we need. And today we're going to look at how we can know something of that love and how we can live within it. So we're in Romans 5 today. If you want to turn there in your Bibles, it will come up on the screen. I'm going to read from verses 1 to 8. So there's a little bit of reading here. Follow with me. And then I'm going to pause and we're going to say verse 5 together, okay? Is that all right? That's the verse that we're looking at today. So, verse 1, Romans 5 says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now Stand, And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. Here's verse 5. Should we read this together? And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love, has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. Wow. I'll read on. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. (laughs) Well, there's about 1,500 sermons in there, approximately. But I'm going to be concentrating on that verse 5, God's love as the key kind of determinant and foundation for actually everything that you have read in that passage. You see, God loved us that he sent his son. As his son was dying upon the cross, he was paving a way for us to come back to him. Justification by faith, a legal declared act that we now are not guilty because Christ has paid the penalty. And we now stand, if you like, in the grace because it's by Christ alone and by faith alone and it's nothing of our own works. We now stand in him, and we hope, therefore, in the glory of God. So let's have a look at verse 5. What's this bit where it says, and hope, that hope in God's glory and in the glory of God, what's that bit where it says, hope does not put us to shame? Well, it's like that that hope will, will not be a disappointment on that final day. It will not be delusional on that final day. It will not let us down. The hope that we have in Christ for our salvation and for our future. And so I began to think, well, why and when would our hope 
be put to shame. And the first thing I came up with was this. If I'm not really trusting in God. You see, maybe I say I'm trusting in him, but actually I'm trusting in myself. Or I'm trusting in wealth and prosperity and perhaps even health and status and all the other things that you could trust in. But I think Paul deals with this in verse 3. Because there he says that our sufferings, if you like, the ones that produce character and perseverance that lead to hope, they prove our faith. Because when it gets tough, we've got two choices to keep following after God or to push him aside and do it our own way. And if you are had tough times and you're still winning out and still following him, then I rejoice with you because it is proving your faith in God. The second thing that may put our hope to shame is this. Because it's all based on God and what Jesus Christ has done. So the only reason I can come up with is that if it's a big scam, if God doesn't actually love us, if the cross didn't actually happen, and we're going to look like absolute numpties, therefore, for giving our lives to this. Paul says this. He says it won't happen. <laughs> nah, it won't happen. The Bible says because God's love has been poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. That's the reason for our hope. Okay, love hearts, know this hope. That's my first point. How do they know it? How do they know of God's love? Well, they know it by God's word. Jesus loves me, this I know, because the Bible tells me so. I don't know where you would go for a scripture that tells you about God's love for you, but I went straight to John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever would believe in him will not perish. I'm part of the world, therefore God loves me. It's written. What about this John 15, 9? This is Jesus talking to his disciples. He says, as the Father has loved me, so... I love you. Wow. Do you know how much the Father loved the Son? <laughs> Just as much does Jesus love you. These are words that we can read and they're amazing. But I just can't comprehend that just by reading it in the book. This is head knowledge, if you like. And I need a little bit more. It's a bit like when I was dating my wife back in 1999, she wrote me a card. Back in the day, we used to write letters to each other. I know you won't believe that, Becca, will you? We wrote letters. And we've still got some of them. I've got to say that Catherine's kept a lot more than I have. And this is one of them. And inside, you can see a picture up on the screen. It says, I love you. Wow. And it's in bubble writing as well. 
so she must have meant it. Actually, how much can you read of the other side? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure I really want you to read the other side. You're all reading it now. It's words. And it's truth, but it's hard to understand. Does she really? Or is she just writing it down? The second way we know, love hearts know, is by God's work. We've talked about his word now. We talk about his work. Jesus loves me, this I know, because Jesus went to the cross to show me so. You see, when words get put into action, there's a shift, isn't there? When I give that love heart to someone, that's another level. God demonstrates, we read in verse 8, his own love for us. He didn't just say it, he acted upon it in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. (laughs) How much does he love you? I used to do this with my kids. How much does I love you this much? I love you this much. I love you to the moon and back. How much does Jesus love you? He had his arms outstretched. He loves you this much. And he had this posture upon the cross, an open, welcoming embrace so that you can all be brought into his bubble, as Bernie has reminded us this morning. We can know upon his word. We can know based on a historical fact. And as we read and historians tell us, that actually happened. Christ died upon a cross and he rose again. It's knowing based on history, but it's still up in our heads. Okay. The same illustration with my wife. We'd written cards, we'd got engaged, and then there was an action. We both turned up for the wedding. We both committed to it. Even she turned up, which is remarkable. There we were. What a cracking waistcoat that really is. (laughs) We exchanged rings. We said vows. We acted upon what we believed in our hearts. It's an actual fact. It actually happened. There's proof to tell you. That's how we know. That's how I know that Catherine loves me. I still need some more. It's still up in here. And here it is, verse five. All right, I've taken a while getting here. God's witness is how we know God's love. Jesus loves me, this I know. For he sent his spirit to encounter me so. Galatians 4.4, 4, we read this. We says, because you are his sons, we're adopted. We've heard that this morning already. God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. The spirit who calls out Abba, Father. Verse five here is God has poured out his love into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has given, been given to us. And there the spirits, says in Romans 8, testify with our spirit, his spirit and our spirit, knitted together, testifying to each other. He loves us and we reciprocally love him because he's depositing something within us that is his love. 
final illustration for me and Catherine was that we moved in together. There was an intimacy, there was a knowing. We began to live together, therefore, in an intimacy that we'd never known before in that place. And it's continued to this day. And God moves into our hearts through his Holy Spirit with a deposit of his love. Are you getting this? So there's knowledge and there's fact in the head. And there is feeling and experience in the heart. And boy, Do we need this? It's by the Holy Spirit. It's not of you, it's of him. It's not man's work, it's God's work. It's God working in our hearts, the very place where we need it most, the seat of our being, the very kind of foundation of our lives as we've heard in talks before. The wellspring of life. And what does the spirit do? Well, he's like, I had this illustration, well, it's probably not appropriate at all, but he's like a barman. He's a cocktail shaker and he takes the the word of God and he takes the event of Christ dying on the cross and he mixes it all up and he packages it all up and then he pours it out into those that have confessed faith, into their hearts. So they have a genuine, authentic, tangible experience of the love of God. When you have that experience, there is no shadow of doubt that God loves you. And it transforms you from the inside out. You might say, I'm not a feely type of experienced, emotional person. And I would say to you straight, whether you're watching at home or in here in the building, you need to be. Because this is really important. Because it's this that our hope is based on, that takes us through the pain and the suffering and the tests and the trials, so that it authenticates his love for us, that this is true, that your race is not run in vain, that your faith is not futile, because you have a hope of glory that is based on his love that is being poured out into your hearts. Truly loved, truly known. No one else can say that about you. It doesn't matter how close I am with my wife, she still doesn't know everything. God does. He matters most, and he loves you most, even though he knows about you to the nth degree. I find it remarkable that he knows us and yet he still loves us. And he sacrificed his son for us that we could come into relationship with him. Do you know that love this morning? Has it transformed your life? And is it continuing to transform your life? Because the spirit was poured out, that's past tense. The Spirit was given, that's past tense. The Spirit is poured out, that's like go on being filled with the Holy Spirit. That's like continuous and present and future. So you can grow in this love. I would encourage you to do so. That's my second point, that love hearts grow. At conversion, when we confess our sin and come to him in a genuine way, 
he begins to, by the work of the Holy Spirit, he pours out, he starts to pour out that love. It's what it is to be a Christian that we have tasted and seen, if you like, and we've experienced his love in our hearts. And in this room, there'll be measures, all different measures, of God's love in your hearts. Some hearts will be bursting like a balloon that's been blown up too much with God's love. Maybe that's you. Some look like a balloon that's gone, got shriveled up and gone all around the room and it's just left as it was. The vessel is there and there's a semblance of God's love. And my prayer this morning is Paul's prayer is that you would know something more of God's love because it's a vast ocean to be explored forever. Paul says this in Ephesians 3, 17. It'll come up on the screen. He says, and I pray, this has been my prayer for you all week. I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints, all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide, how long, how high, how deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses head knowledge, that surpasses the stuff that we know that's written and that is in Scripture, that you may be filled to the measure of the fullness of Christ. I haven't got time to unpack what the measure of the fullness of Christ means, but you can be filled exponentially more than what you are right now. Amen? So we can pray. How do you, how do you grow in this? Pray for it. And we can posture our hearts. Here's a great verse, 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 5. It says, May the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and the steadfastness of Christ. <laughs> Did you know that you can direct your heart? You can direct it towards earthly stuff or you can direct it to God and allow him to mold and massage and change your heart and put deeper love into it. Orient your heart, money, sex, envy, status, or towards God and his love for you. How do we do this? It's the same things. It's word, it's works, it's witness. We revel in the witness of the Holy Spirit. We read of the word and what it says of us that he states over us. We take it down into our hearts like little love hearts dropping out of heaven for us that says, you're mine. I love you from him to us. Apple of my eye. Reconciled. That's a long love heart. All of these truths in us that change us. As we come to him, sitting in his presence, asking him to pour out his love into our hearts. Like an open tap is his desire for you and for me. Final point. Love hearts, not just know, not just 
grow, but show. This love that we have is to be shared. It's to be given away. Good catch, nearly. (laughs) It's to be poured out to others. You see, because what God has done in our hearts, Tom, he wants to do in other hearts around us. He wants to... (laughs) Yes, you've got a hand up. How can you catch? Fantastic. Our hearts bubbling over with his love that is to be given away by his love. That's how he will know that we are his disciples. Amen? Do you want to know more of God's love in your heart this morning? (laughs) I'll take that as a yes. How do we show it? We show it by works. We show it by our words. We show it by our actions. We show it by our witness of what God is doing in our lives. I'm going to ask the band to come up. And I want to pray for us that there would be a tsunami of God's love poured out for you today. Just one moment. If you don't know him this morning, if you haven't experienced this tangibly, you've read it in God's word, you've heard people speak it over you, God loves you, Jesus loves you, you've recognized that Jesus might have been historically correct and a factual figure and that he died on the cross, and as I've said today, that he did it for you and for your sin so that you could have new life. And if you've done all of that, but you've never experienced the tangible love of God, then the reason why is because you need to confess of your sin and ask him to come into your heart and to be saved, as it were, from your sins and come to life in Jesus Christ. And if that's you this morning, I want to encourage you to do just that. (laughs) He loves you and he wants you in his bubble. And he's done everything that is necessary and now it's over to you. Simply confess your sin. Make him Lord of your life and it will be the best thing you've ever done in your life. Shall we stand together? I want to pray for you. Corporately. Why don't you just posture your heart, whatever that means for you, to open it to God. This is a work of the Holy Spirit, right? So we're going to invite him now to come into your hearts. You already know him, many of you. You've already experienced his love. Today, I'm believing for a greater depth, greater understanding.
that transforms your identity, your security, your purpose. It doesn't matter what your background is. God doesn't disqualify anyone from his love. You didn't have the love of a mother or a father. You can have God's love. Holy Spirit, I pray, would you pour out your love on us, your people? Lord, would some experience the Father's love in an amazing way, perhaps for the very first time, that they would know without a shadow of a doubt that they are loved by God and therefore nothing else matters upon this earth. Holy Spirit, pour out upon us. Open the heavenly tap of love. Lord Jesus, it's vast as the ocean. Lord, may we experience that today. May we know it, Lord, in our heads and in our hearts. Lord, pour it out, I pray, for your glory, Lord. For your glory, for the hope of glory that is Jesus Christ that we all walk in on that path and it's the love of Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit that will help us reach that final destination. Pour it out, Lord Jesus, I pray. Let's sing, well, let's, let's listen to this song. Keep asking God. If you wanna be filled up, keep asking him. He wants to fill you up. There's no half measures of God's love in the kingdom.